Nerdlings everywhere, and welcome back to the Nerdfix, the podcast where we talk about everyone and everything in anime, manga, video games, and everything under the sun. In this episode, we're going to be doing a creepypasta reading, a request of El Latino of the Window Game. So for anyone who are fans of things horror and creepy, this is for you. So sit back, relax, and get ready for your creepy fix. Names have been changed in the story to fit the narration. Due to a set of extenuating circumstances, I found myself chasing the pavement for any substantial amount of distance with my mother for the first time since her release from the state penitentiary. The details of why we were currently on this trip I will not bore you with as I have made several posts documenting the ordeal of which you are free to explore if you so wish. But let me iterate this that this story does not hinge on any of those and they are not required reading to understand this one. And that is this story stands alone on its own merits. The reason I decided to take pause from our ongoing saga and present this separately as its own entity is simply due to my intrigue over the whole thing. Call it morbid curiosity, I suppose. We have been on the road for maybe three hours, with another three to go, before we reach our destination. It was at that point that something about my mom's behavior struck me as odd. I realized that up until then, since we first put rubber to asphalt, my mother, who was riding shotgun, had been staring purposefully and with great conviction directly at the floorboards, as if she was avoiding the scenery whipping past us outside. So I decided to ask her about it. Am I wearing your shoes? I just did. My voice breaking silence jarred her a bit. Apparently, I haven't been lost in thought. Hmm? Oh, no, I. I just thought my windows is off. My interest peaked. I probed her further. You don't like windows? But. Why? It's just. Well, sometimes I see things, and there's this lady, and, and well, look. I've got a lot on my mind right now. How about we put forth in it and discuss later this evening, alright? Yeah, sure. I replied now even more curious than I've ever been. As the day rolled on, we found ourselves sitting in a coroner booth of a roll rundown IHOP. And though my mother had probably hoped I'd forget about the whole thing, I looked up over my syrupy stack of pancakes and asked her, so what's the deal with the windows? Obviously wishing I would have just dropped the subject, she hesitantly replied, It's nothing really. It's just this game me and my other inmates used to play. Game? I passed her. Yeah, the windows game. You know you're going to have to explain it, right? She sighed, and then proceeded to divulge the details of the windows game. I didn't figure you'd let it go that easily. Should have known better than to bring it up in the first place. But alright. I guess I should start with the theory behind it. Well, the basic idea is that if you were to stare out of the same window indefinitely for the rest of the time, 
Eventually, you'd see everything there is to possibly see on the other side of the glass at some point. The window game was a way to speed that process up. Clearly for an inmate serving time, the thought of anything new to look at outside their cell is appealing to say the least. So you just look outside your window for a while and the view suddenly changes? I I I voiced the sadness in my voice evident. Not exactly. There are rules, and you need a game master to start. Rules? The game master? Yeah. I don't know who exactly discovered the game. The inmates have been playing it long I got there, but a cellmate of mine is the one who introduced it to me. She told me that to play the game, all you need is an AM radio and a window. Now, you also need a bit of luck and persistence, I discovered. But as far as the game pieces, that's all you need. You see, to start a round, you have to tune in to the right station, and that's not always easy. Right station? The game is broadcasted from the radio? Yeah, she replied, but it's hard to find. It nev- it's never at the same time, never on the same channel, and the broadcast is only up while the game is going on. Plus, once it's in progress, you can't play that round. I don't know why, but if you start even a few minutes late, it just doesn't work. Anyway, the rules of the game are simple. While the Game Master plays a sound, you stare out the window until you hear it stop. You absolutely, under no circumstances, are permitted to look away or close your eyes while a sound is playing. The sounds always end with a loud beep, so you know when they're over. When the beeping stops, you close your eyes and don't open them until the next sound starts, and you keep repeating the process until the Game Master tells you the game has ended. What kind of sounds does does she play? What's the object of it? So far, it sounds like you are just doing prolonged blinks out of your window. Not much of a game. The sounds can be anything, really. They mimic whatever is on the other side of the glass. At first, it's usually just crickets or the wind, but the longer the game goes, things outside the glass start to change. For the first bit of the game, it's basically what you described. You're just standing there, looking out your window at the prison yard, or the razor wire fence. I'm not sure why it always takes so long to kick in. Maybe the game master is just making sure you understand the rules. After a while, though, the outside starts to change. The prison yard turns into the New York skyline, and you're no longer looking out from the ground level cell, but instead out of the 40th floor of a Manhattan high-rise, and the crickets in your ears are replaced by a bustling traffic and city life below. The next thing you may see be a waterfall or a mountainscape. Sounds from the radio reflecting whatever scene you happen upon. Those 
are the easy levels. The reason that inmates continue to play the game, even when the, when the knowledge of the horror prevents. Perplexed, I inquired deeper. Harder levels? Well, yeah. It's a game after all, right? The object of which is not to look away. If everything is sunshine and roses, that wouldn't be all that difficult. But the game wants you to lose. It wants you to flinch, to break the rules. Sometimes the things on the outside of the window are darker in nature. One second you're staring at the ocean, the next, and you are bearing witness to a murder. But whatever you do, whatever you see, you can't look away. You can't let the game trick you into closing your eyes, otherwise it wins. What happens if you close your eyes when the sound is playing? Her face became grave and serious in appearance as she warned me. Nothing good, I can assure you. People who break the rules, well, let's just say, they don't wind up as to go. So someone has broken the rules before then? I asked, shifting my gaze from the road to the rear view mirror, meeting my mother's solemn eyes peering back at me. Defeated, almost, she she said, Look, I'll tell you the story solely on the pretense that after I tell you, you never ask me about the game again. And more importantly, you never try to play it. Deal? I knew from her tone, time, that this was a take it or leave it type of thing, and there would be no room for negotiations. Sure, deal. She inhaled deeply, and as I exhaled, she began. We used to play the game all the time. My cellmate and me, I mean, every spare moment we had, we devoted to scanning the radio for the game's master's broadcast. After a few years of constant searching and obsession, we managed to successfully play a handful of times without incident. Well, one night, Amber, my cellmate, was turning the dial of her little RCA radio when our elation she stumbles across a fresh game just starting the, its broadcast. Hello, all window watchers and gas gazers. This is your game master, and tonight, boy, do we have a doozy of a challenge for you, pan peering pleasure. Remember, once I play this first sound, don't take your those eyes off the prize, and you can sleep at the beat. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let me be in with. Let me be the first to welcome you to the window game. And as always. Enjoy the view. Before he even finished speaking, Amber and I were already standing in position in front of our small window, eyes closed, awaiting the first sound. It wasn't long before the crickets and the breeze just beyond our walls was transmitting inside them as we opened our eyes to a familiar landscape. Instinctively, we squeezed our, our lids shut until again the chirping broke the silence. 
this rinse and repeat process continued on for some time as we eagerly waited in anticipation for the good stuff to start happening. Finally, all of a sudden, I opened my eyes and I'm awestruck to behold that there were poorly maintained prison lawns that I have just been is now roaring water spewing forth from the mouth of a babbling brook. It is so beautiful, and I am so lost in my trance that I almost forgot to close my eyes when I heard the next beep. When the next sound plays, we were greeted to a snowy street of a quaint town. Laughter of children in the distance reverberates off of our cold cell walls as they lock handfuls of white powder gleefully at one another. Beep! The next scene is in the restaurant. The clinking and clattering of silverware on plates can be heard distinct from the emerging conversations of many patrons. In the foreground, a man drops to one knee and pipes a question to an innocently emotional young woman. Her feelings are obvious, but before she can answer, beep! The next thing to appear outside her window isn't quite as pleasant, however. We are met with a dark alley and the sound of a struggle, of grunting, meaning, and the crashing of metal trash cans as we watch two men badly beat and mug a third. The mugged man falls to the ground and starts crawling away from his attackers down the alley and in our direction. One of the muggers pulls a gun from their coat and pointed at him. Then, beep. During the interlude, Amber breaks the silence with a thought. I too had been thinking. Damn, she said. It never started this early before. Yeah, it usually takes a... I was interrupted by the sound of scraping again. It's hardwood. In front of us was an empty room of all white walls. A moment later, a man dragging a chair behind him enters the frame from the left side of the window. He positions the chair directly at the center of the room, facing full towards us. He is a frail and old and balding. His face is haggard and lined with a lifetime of wrinkles. He proceeds to sit in a chair and there is just static silence on the radio. He reaches down and pulls something out from behind his loafers tucked inside of his worn jeans. The gleam of the solitary hanging bulb above him and reflects off of the object and shines hits my eye. I almost do it. I almost blink in the reflection to the beam briefly passing over my pupils. I managed to catch myself. I almost managed to catch a glimpse of the object he that he retrieved from his pants leg, which I know make out to be a butcher's knife. He held it in his lap in both hands, palms cradling it affectionately as he ogled it in admiration. Then, slowly, he face tilts upward to meet our unflinched gaze. Instantly, his lips curled up to 
this exaggerated toothless smile as he grips the handle of the knife in his left hand and rears it up over his shoulder. In horror, we are forced to watch as he thrusts it downward and into his stomach, and then up again before re-sheathing it into his gut once more, and then once more, and again after that, then again, and again. The sound of it was so guttural and so disturbing. His smile never waned as he violently skewered himself for what must have been minutes. His intestines started spilling out from his now gaping belly and into his lap. Eventually his arms started to slow as his head fell limp. His hands fell to his side and dangled lifelessly as he dripped red knife fell to a widening pool of blood on the floor. The radio fell silent again, and the window lingered on the gruesome sight. Fuck! Come on! Come on, girl! Come change already! Finally, and not a second too soon, beep! We were relieved to see that the next scene filling the pans was more of melancholy, as were the ones that followed. The game does that sometimes. It tries to lull you into tranquility, tricking you into getting something into getting too comfortable. As we shifted from one joyous spectacle to another, we soon found ourselves staring down the barrel of a long and dimly lit corridor. It appeared to be a hospital, but was bereft of occupants. There were no nurses or doctors, no bustling through the halls. As we continue our mandatory scope of it, a door at the end of the wing creaked open. Through the open doorway, a man in a hospital gown inches through, and even from the distance, I could tell that he had been horribly burned. His skin was charred, and Fathias' wounds shook free from him with the slightest of movements. As he stepped further into the center of the corridor, I could see that behind him, in the sterile white tiles, he left a trail of sooty footsteps marking his path, like an inverted version of a hike through the snow. God, did you look at this guy? Amber said of the man. Just as did the burned man in the hall wrenched his head robotically towards us, as if, as if he heard us, as if he noticed us watching him. Is, is he looking at us? Amber nervously asked. I'm, I'm not sure. I didn't know they could see us back. I responded completely for by the man's apparent acknowledgement of us. They never have before. Did you look away? Did we break a rule? Amber timorously inquired. No, I haven't. But the game master did say tonight's game would be challenging. Maybe this is what he meant? This is what she meant? I don't know, girl. I don't like it. Amber was becoming noticeably anxious and fidgety. 
I guess her nerves must have gotten the better of her as she decided to address the girl the man in the hall. Hey, guy! Can you see me? Can you hear me? The man lifted his eyes slowly, almost mechanically, nodded as he, his seared head while remaining completely muted. Amber whispered to herself before calling out to the man again. Well, we don't want any trouble, right? Alright? The bird man Hall, Hall ignored Amber's questions. However, as the obvious agitated, Amber shouted out more. Well, say something, you crispy fuck! The, woman's ex the man's expression changed into this deeply hateful scowl. As without turning his head from ours, his body twisted and shifted beneath him, so he was now fully oriented in our direction. He started to breathe these deep, exaggerated, almost hyperventilated breaths faster and faster, until suddenly he took off in a dead sprint right at us. I let back out of shock, but kept sure not to peel my eyes away from the blast as he hurled down the hall and kept and right up the other side of the panes. Like the lunatic, he began to vigorously smash and slam his fist against the window. As he started screaming at us in this low, growling sorrow. As he pounded away at the panes between us, cracks stayed needed to fan out from the repeated barrage of impacts. Amber frantically repeated, Uh, Danny? What is going on? Is... Is she going... Going to get in there? My heart was racing as I wondered the same thing. Nothing like this has ever happened before. Nothing has ever seen us, let alone speak to us. His voice was getting angrier and louder until... As his ghost on the gas became more and more forceful. Beep. Just like that, the room fell silent once again. I don't want to play anymore, Danny. Do you think we could just turn it? Amber was interrupted as the next sound began to play. New York horse opened her eyes. Before us was an expansion barren field, lined by a thick forest around its edges, all of which was encapsulated in our now shattered view. Damn it. Damn it. Oh, Danny, the glass is still cracked. It. Why is it still cracked? I wasn't sure what to say. I had hoped it was just one of the game's tricks. Just an illusion. I reached out my hand to touch the glass, only to feel that its once smooth surface was now in fact textured. I was unable to contemplate the matter further. However, as the cell was filled with a haunting wailing, and as I scanned the trees in the distance, my veins ran cold when I located the source. Standing alone between two twisted, gnarling oaks was a forlorn woman in 
their clothing. She too seemed to be peering directly in our window to notice our presence, but she was far away. I wasn't able to tell exactly where her gaze was landing. Adorning her face appeared to be a veil of sorts, stopping just below her nose. And though the mournful cries seemed to emanate from her, her lips looked harsh and still. She stood frozen, and even as the strong wind swayed from the treetops, neither her hair nor dress wavered. The sight of her made me uneasy. Something told me she was somehow more dangerous, intentions more insidious than the burned man who had just been banging on our glass. The uneasiness magnified as the wailing came from an abrupt stop. And though I never saw her move, my heart sank as she was now directly in front of the trees. She just bent between, and what's more, her upper body was now contorted, her arms and neck disturbingly angled and rigid as if she'd just been afflicted by a severe rigor mortis. Did I blink? I thought. I couldn't remember. I didn't think I had, but I didn't see her so much as twitch, but now somehow she was closer, as if she teleported. Or pause for a moment. Danny, did you see her move at all? Uh, no, I, I didn't. Did you? Not an inch. But she's closer, right? I'm not crazy, am I? No, she's definitely closer now. I just don't know how. I was then stricken with an overwhelming urge to close my eyes, to look away. I tried to fight, but. It was as I kept forgetting I was supposed to keep them open. My eyelids felt heavy, and all I wanted to do was to rest them. Just as I felt them starting to shut, beep. I can't explain it, but I never felt so relieved to hear that beep. Something about her felt wrong. It felt as if I was seeing something evil, something unnatural. The game must have sensed my weariness of the woman. It must have sensed that it was close to winning, because when the next sound began, to my horror, was the forlorn woman again, a few feet closer this time, her limbs now twisted into new but no less unsettling positions. And then, as quickly as she appeared, beep, followed in rapid successions by the next sound, and the woman appeared once more, and closer still, and then, beep, then again, and again, and again, until she had closed the distance considerably and was standing terribly bent, half up the field. The beeping became so frequent, so quick, I, that I no longer had time to take in the flashing strobes of images before me. Instead, I found myself struggling to not get confused and close my eyes when they were meant to be open. I became disoriented and discombobulated as I blinked rapidly at the game's frantic churning of sound bites. I began to feel dizzy and lightheaded to the point of nearly losing consciousness. 
I had no concept of how much time has passed and felt as if I was floating through some tight splash in space. But suddenly, the beep stopped, and in stark contrast to hurried pace before, it was long drawn out pause before the next sound. I took the opportunity to catch my breath, with Amber doing the same. Did you mess up? She asked worriedly through a populated gasp. No. Don't think so. I think I did it right, but... Fuck, girl. I don't know that was fucking intense. Yeah, I hear ya. Let's just get through this. The game can't last much longer. Fuck, I hope not. I don't know how long we've been playing. It could be minutes, or it could be hours for all I know. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm struggling to keep track of, of the time myself. And what's with that fucking lady? Why did she keep appearing? I don't ever recall seeing the same thing more than once. It's like... It's like she's stalking us or something. Our nervous banter was ended by the start of the next sound. When I opened my eyes, I was pleased to see we were no longer looking upon the woman in the field. But confusion soon racked my mind as on the other side of the glass I beheld myself, or the reflection of myself at least. Filling our view was an ornate freestanding mirror in an otherwise dark room. I lifted an arm to see my counterpart do the same thing. Amber followed suit and confirmed that this mirror was truly portraying us and not simply a trick of the game. The odd thing, though, was the mirror was reflecting our full image, not just the portion visible through our small window. It was as if the mirror was inside the cell with us. This is fucking creepy, girl. Amber confessed. Yeah, it's creepy, alright. Just then the mirror captured a dark, vague figure dart in and out of view from within the vents on the wall behind us. What was that? Amber cried. I, I don't know. I saw it too. But I didn't see what it was. Is something... Is something in the room with us, Danny? The mirror didn't leave us in suspense for that long. However, as once again, behind us, its reflection caught the vague figure. This time, though, it rem- it remained in our view. It was the burnt man from the hospital. His face pressed against the vent cover, wild eyes and ravenous. He stirred, shaking the vent so violently that he managed to expel the spruce and fixing the wall. Shit! Danny! Amber panicked. Just keep looking out the window. Don't turn around. We'll be alright, I falsely assured. We watched as the burns crawling, crawled upside down out of the vent and up the wall onto the ceiling above. Sable eyes were now peered between our shoulders and bounced back from the silver panning pan outside. <laughs> Amber screamed as the burnt man suddenly lurched from the ceiling towards us from behind. Fearfully and without thinking, Amber instinctively turned her gaze from the window to meet our oncoming attacker, and beep! 
Shit! I exclaimed. Amber? Amber! You there, Gray? Fuck! Amber! For all as I might, Amber did not reply, and aside from the echoes of my own unhealed shouts, the room remained silent until the next sound began to play. It was a familiar sound, of something being pulled over hard wood. Even to my dismay and disbelief, I saw Amber on the other side of the glass, dragging a chair to the center of the room. She positioned herself and her seat directly in front of me and sat down upon me. She proceeded to reach into her pants leg and retrieve a now blood-soaked butcher knife. Just as the old man before him did him, she held it in her hands and looked upon me with a loving admiration. Next, she gripped it firmly in her palm and thrust it upon, uh, over her shoulder. Her eyes rolled back up to meet mine, and when they did, the look of admiration morphed into one of heartbreaking fear, as if a helpless whimper whispered. She simply said, Just as her desperation plea rolled from her tongue, I watched as with great force she launched the blade down and towards her stomach. I I couldn't help it. I I looked away. Then beep the sound played immediately after. Before I could collect myself, before I felt the gravity of what I'd done, and all of a sudden so once again looking out into a desolated tree-lined field, a forlorn woman, now mere feet away. Her veil was lifted, revealing black eyed black eyes, as black as coal, and as her jaw unhinged and opened wider than seemed possible. The cell around me filled with a horrendously intelligible screech, as foundation I was standing on began to shake and quiver. My ears were ringing as the light above me buzzed louder and louder, while shining brighter and brighter until it finally popped like a balloon meeting a needle's edge. I covered my ears with my hands and shut my eyes and doubled over as I backed into the corner of the cell. I heard the glass cracking further as the cacophony of shards rained down on the floor. I knew that this was it, that I had lost it, that I would be the next person to sit where Amber had just sat. But then, just as I had conceded myself a victim of the game's will, beep, followed by, Alright, y'all you window watchers and pain peepers, this that concludes tonight's installment of The Window Game. See something you like? See something you didn't? Call in and sound, sound off and tell. As fast as I could, I yanked the radio's cord from the outlet and tossed it against the opposing wall as it exploded into a hundred pieces. I sat nervously, half expecting the wrath-like woman to materialize before me. Eventually, my rattled nerves simmered down, enough for me to take inventory over what I had just happened. I first examined the window, 
To see the class was now completely busted in. Next, I called for a guard and told them Amber had slipped out and shot her window while I was sleeping. I don't know whether or not they bought it, but with no other explanation, what else could it do? Anyway, that was the last time Amber played the video game. After my mother finished speaking, something about the conviction and fear in her voice told me she wasn't just making all that up. Still, something didn't add up, so I asked her one last question to clear up my confusion. So you broke the rules, but nothing happened to you. The game didn't suck you in like Amber? After a long uneasy pause, she looked over at me and said, I wouldn't say nothing happened. Every once in a while, when I look out a window, even still to this day, well, sometimes, I see a little lady going through a window, and it doesn't happen all the time, but when it does happen, when I see her, she always get, she's always a little closer than the time before. I, I don't want to know what will happen when she finally reaches the glass, so I avoid looking out the windows as much as I can. I kept my word and didn't pester my mom any further about it. I could, it was bothering me. I could, it was, I could, it was bothering her. It didn't make me wonder, though, if perhaps I could happen upon the boss test myself. I knew I made my mom a promise I wouldn't play, but I feel this urge to see if it's real, a responsibility to confirm its existence. Anyway, maybe one of you have played a window game, or maybe, or know some who has? If so, please, I'd love to hear about your experiences. Was it anything similar to what my mother witnessed? I guess. I'll end it here, guys. We've got a long day ahead of us tomorrow. And I just thought I'd share this little story with you in the meantime. Thanks for reading, and let me know. And that, my friends, was The Window Game. If you enjoy this story, let me know in a questionnaire of any other creepypasta stories that you would like for me to read next time, or any horror stories, as a matter of fact, but please make sure that it isn't any creepypasta stories that I have already done, like Jeff the, Kill like Jeff the Killer, Eyeless Jack, or, La or Laughing Jack, for examples, but let me know what you guys think of this story that we have read and to end the episode as always thank you so much for listening and to end the episode as always whether or not you believe in the term nerd or not keep loving what makes you you and stay awesome thank you so much for stopping by and i will see you next time for a brand new episode later